Welcome to Epic Fails of History, the podcast that delves into the most epic fails of history. I'm your host, Eric Slater. Today I'm joined by my co-host, Chris Carroll. Hey, hey. Today's episode, Florida Fails. Now I am become death, the destroyer of worlds. The only thing we have to fear is fear Or when the president does it, that means that it is not illegal. Epic feels. to be watching The Good Place? Um, I, I've not watched it regularly, but I do know about the character's obsession with the Jaguars and Blake Bortles and everything. And So the first time that happened, I thought that we were having another Deadpool moment. Yeah, that, like, oh, that was Wait, great. wait, yeah. did that really just happen? Did Jaguars just become TGI a Fridays. thing? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. I had a friend who worked I, at TGI Fridays and when Deadpool came out, he was like, I wonder if they're talking about mine. I was like, I've been to yours. They ain't talking about yours. <laughs> and, like, and like, so like so many people That's were scary. trying to like map it out, right? Okay, so we're in a movie theater. There's a TGI Fridays down the road. Yeah, yeah. It has to be. The Orange Park one, it's right, like, it's right there. Because of the military. Yeah. 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 It was a pretty meta moment, though. Like, when, when I saw that, I was like, Bob, do wait. we get like a custom movie for yeah. every area? I was like, wondering that too. Yeah. And then the DVD says Jacksonville. Exactly. So, so like the first thing that everybody the does, the first thing that everybody does is as soon as they got out of the theater, they <laughs> looked it up on yeah. the internet. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, and like, uh, what was it? Uh, that show uh, with Bruce Campbell. Ash uh, vs. Evil Dead. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Bruce Campbell plays the character Ash and at the... Uh, at the end of the first season, he's being tempted by a demon played by Lucy Lawless, who's awesome Ooh. and everything. And uh, she's like, all you have to do is give in. I know you're so tired of fighting. <laughs> all you have to do is give in and your greatest wish will come true. <laughs> Where is your paradise? And he just goes like, Jacksonville. And you're like, what? <laughs> so and it cuts to him like, on a pier, like, looking up at the sunset at the beach, fishing. He's like, God, <laughs> Jacksonville. And it cuts back to him. He's like crying. He's like, Jacksonville's the great. And you're like, watching and then season two opens with him owning a bar in jacksonville beach yeah and it, it obviously it's filmed in california but it's yeah. so it doesn't look at all like jacksonville beach but it is very funny it's, and then like of course they have to leave just you know the story calls them out and everything and the whole time every time something awful happens which on that show is like every 20 minutes he's like covered in gore and he'll be like no oh, could have been in jacksonville serving drinks to middle-aged single housewives but no here i am with a chainsaw on my hand and damn it Demon cuts in my hair! No, it's great. It's, it's so great. It's also worth pointing out that the show Fringe actually uses Jacksonville as a plot point. It happens to be where all the freaks come from. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so what we're trying to say is we know that we're the butt of everybody's jokes <laughs> and the other organ, but there's still some things to love. Exactly. So on today's episode, we're actually joined by Jasmine Turner. 
Hi, everyone. Jasmine graduated from the University of North Florida. She has worked for the National Park Service and volunteers at, sorry, how do you say that? Fort Mose. Uh, she uses her knowledge and history to help social activists. Uh, so one of the great things that I love about being a local historian is, funny enough, one of the biggest historia, uh, Florida fails for history is how many locals don't actually know this information. Um, so uh, one of the things is that uh, Eric had asked me this question. What do you think is the most epic fail in history? So one of the most epic fails in history was Bartolome de la Casas, who witnessed the dehumanization of indigenous people, opposed this treatment, stopped being a slave owner, and then told King Charles V how horrible slavery was, and then advocated for the forceful use, dehumanization, and enslavement of African people instead. Although he later realized his error, it would reverberate through the centuries and into our times now. That's really messed up. This is awful! You can't treat people like this! Treat those people like this! (laughs) Well said. Uh, So yeah, I figured now that we're knee-deep in hurricane season, it might be a good time to turn the focus in on some local history. We all live here in Jacksonville, Florida, easily one of the weirdest cities in what is arguably the strangest state in the country. I don't think there's any question it's the strangest state in the country. (laughs) There's not a hashtag Georgia man. Like you said, we're knee-deep in hurricane season, and and we should point out that Jacksonville is thankfully uh, not one of the places that were affected really in any way at all by Hurricane Michael. And, uh, you know extend our best wishes and condolences and everything to the people that were affected by that storm. We have been affected recently by hurricanes, and it, uh, it sucks. It's never um, fun. It seems like we get hit by one, uh, or at least threatened by one, every fall. I and mean, we get so many freaking hurricanes, it's ridiculous. They call it the Sunshine State. They kiss my ass. <laughs> that that's a misnomer. Unless you want to talk about the skin-melting sun that we have the rest of the time. So Florida first became the 27th state back in 1845. But it was also the location of the first European landfall when Ponce de Leon came ashore in what is now St. Augustine, just south of here, way back in 1513. Uh, he was supposedly on some fabled quest to find the Fountain of Youth, but instead he had a run-in with a tribe of native warriors, took a poison arrow to the thigh, and died. <laughs> I wasn't aware of how he died, but uh, you know, growing up around here, when you're a kid, one of the things that a lot of schools will do is take a field trip to this uh, tourist attraction in St. Augustine called the Fountain of Youth. And it's supposedly the location, built on the location that he thought the Fountain of Youth was going to be found at. So, like, the number one thing that you do when you get there is you get to sip... The water. Sulfur water. Yeah, it's really gross. I bought a little... When I was, like, I think it was third or fourth grade, so nine or ten, and uh, instead of using the money I had that my mom gave me for lunch, I bought (laughs) two little bottles of it. And and even at that age, I was like, okay... So the odds of this working are like zero. But if it does work and I didn't buy it and I said I bought some sandwich, I'm going to be super pissed. So, yeah, it, that was uh, on the bus ride home. I, my friend's like, drink it now. And uh, I took it one little sip of it and it was just the worst thing ever. I was like, I don't care if this is what immortality tastes like. I'm not drinking it. Um, but, yeah, the, the, it's funny because the only thing I really remember from that trip besides the gross water, uh, and I, I think I still had the little bottle with a little stopper in it and everything. <laughs> Was there's a section there where there's this big cross in the ground made out of stones, and they did 15 vertical stones and 13 horizontal stones to signify the year 1513. Oh. That's the only reason I remember any of that is because when the guy told us, you know, it's, it's, it's very common in, in that kind of stuff where you find something to signify something else, and yeah, it's not like that crazy of a thing. 
But my nine, ten year old mind was like, that's the coolest, craziest thing. <laughs> it's so stupid. But I was like, whoa. And just never forgot that bit of trivia. I'm sure I forgot all the cool stuff and just remembered that. I would have to say my favorite souvenir from a Florida field trip would be the rabbit's foot I got in like first or second grade. Which is kind of weird like now that I think about it. But isn't that so Florida? Yeah, it, yeah. yeah here's part of an animal. You're welcome. There's a lot of pros and cons to living here in Florida. For me, um, you know, I love all the history that is surrounding us. You know, mm. St. Augustine is one of the oldest cities in the country. But, um, I, you know, I can't stand the humidity. You know? Yeah, I mean, so, we've got, yeah. we literally live with like dinosaurs and giant snakes. The Everglades are full of like monstrous, what, pythons? Yeah, because people pythons. just release their pets because they don't yeah, want to so take care of them anymore. They've been released into this environment in which they have no natural predators. And now these things are so big, they're eating alligators. And they just did a recent survey of the land there, and they couldn't find any rabbits. They couldn't find any foxes. They couldn't find any cats. No mammals down there. They like the occasional like nutria or something. But the population of basically every other animal besides these mammoth snakes has been decimated. So now if you're like lost in the woods in Florida, there's a fairly decent chance if you're in the bottom 10% of the state that you're going to get eaten by like an anaconda-sized snake. We can also talk about the things that we end up eating ourselves being Floridians. Um, okay. A couple of months ago, one of um, our dear friends, and she'll know who she is, was at Whole Foods and ended up getting wild-caught lionfish. Ugh. Shout out to the person who knows who they are. So, yeah, Florida's got a lot of interesting history. It is just chock full of utter failure at every turn. Um, and and. and and not just past past history, but I would say up to like 2018 history, like yesterday history. But, uh, you know, it, it, a lot of the things that happened on here for better or far more likely for worse have, have had like a, uh, an impact on a lot of regions pre-dramatically. Something we're going to talk about real quick is the 1715 Spanish treasure fleet. And in 1715, uh, a Spanish treasure fleet was hauling tons of gold and riches from the New World to Spain. They're suddenly hit by a hurricane off the coast of Vero Beach, Florida, because of course they were. <laughs> uh, out of the 12 ships that were out at sea, 11 of them sank, causing gold and priceless artifacts to wash up all along the coast. This event is often cited as the catalyst for the golden age of piracy, as English privateers began to converge on Florida's coast in search of shipwrecked treasure to salvage. So the amazing thing about this idea of piracy is uh, typically when we think of pirates, we like to uh, think of, you know, the uh, Johnny Depp type of treasure pirates islands. that we come to you yeah. in, right? Yeah. Well, so actually, um, one of the most fa uh, famous pirates in this area was by a gentleman by the name of uh, Francisco um, Mendez. And he was actually one of the leaders of a place called Fort Mose. Uh, so Fort Mose was established by the uh, Spanish governor uh, because Spain wanted to completely decimate the British economy. And one of the best ways of doing that is by taking away your labor. So they sent up a proclamation up the grapevine to uh, what we now know as Georgia, but at the time was still considered to be South Carolina, letting enslaved people know, hey, if you run away and get south to Florida... Just You'll to wish you could go back to South Carolina. <laughs> 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 if you run away and make it to Florida, you know, you have to, again, alligators and snakes and, and all that. Um, you declare yourself a Catholic. 
Um, so something that was different in the systems of slavery between the Spanish system and the British system was that in Spain, slavery was based on your religion. Um, so according to the Spanish, Catholics had souls and everybody else did not. So by declaring yourself Catholic, you are declaring yourself literally a free person under Christ. The other condition, if you were a man, is that you would join the militia. And so they established uh, Fort Mose to actually be the northernmost fort in Florida. Because if the British are going to come down to St. Augustine, and the first group of people that you hit upon are your former enslaved people, they're going to fight like hell to make sure that they don't go back to slavery. And that is actually what would happen later on in a battle that we uh, colloquially known as the Battle of Bloody Mose. Uh, so the British tried to come down. They end up um, temporarily taking Fort Mose over. But then the Spanish, the African Spanish, the American Spanish, all together were to get the British out. But what's amazing about this piece of um, American history is that all of this happened hundreds of years before the Revolutionary War, happened hundreds of years before the Civil War. And to tell people that, well, actually, the first run of Underground Railroad went south, it really shocks people. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, I didn't know that. It just it recenters this thought about freedom, because we like to say, oh, well, in the American Revolutionary War, they were fighting for freedom. Yeah, but even before that, you had groups of free black people down here mm-hmm. in St. Augustine with full rights. Yeah. And Menendez, let me tell you, he made bank. <laughs> Florida is really a tourist destination for a lot of people. And part of that is because most places have these things called seasons. Yeah, uh, <laughs> part of it, too, I think, seasons. is the mystique of things like, like Jasmine was talking about. It, that yeah. There is like, you know, if you like pirates... There's really not a lot of other places in the United States. I mean, there are some, especially up the coast. I think the Carolinas. But the Carolinas, yeah, yeah absolutely. We'll give you and, credit, Carolina. We'll give yeah. You <laughs> um, this but, time. but the, you know, <laughs> you know with the, the Caribbean and all that and the Gulf, yeah. uh, and not to mention the Atlantic, there's just, there was so much pirate activity and everything. So you get a lot of that. And there's a lot of the, you know, basically every single major war from that 200 year period mm-hmm. florida was heavily involved in in one way shape or the other you know civil war revolutionary war exactly was it the revolutionary war we were Actually, in the revolutionary we, war what well, am i talking so about florida was involved in the revolutionary war but we were, I think but it, that, we weren't a colony but that though. will be a topic for another episode i believe yeah, when did, yeah. I, see this is how ignorant i am about my own state's history <laughs> when did florida become a state 1845 yeah okay so they absolutely were not a state yeah until closer to the Civil War. So let me retract yeah. my statement. Every major war that the United States has been in, really going back to the formation of the state of Florida, the government and the people of Florida have been, you know, the military recruits very heavily from the state. And it's worth noting, so Florida became a state in 1845, yeah. and then the Civil War happened, like, just a few years later. Yeah. And they completely seceded. So, I mean, like, they weren't a state for long before they... It's like the, the it's like this, someone yeah. shows up to your party and starts, like, yeah. joining the people trash in your house. Like, yeah, me too! <laughs> nah, bro, nah. Yeah, no. And they just kind of, like, sneak yeah. in for the cleanup. Like, no, I don't know what that was all about. <laughs> Disney World, right? Not yet. Speaking of that, <laughs> but it'd be cool, right? So, you know how we've been talking about how there's all these mosquitoes and it's hot and humid? 
Well, that is why nobody wanted to live here. <laughs> so you had those brave Florida pioneers who, you know, kind of made a meager living and did their hardest to survive. Um, but then you amazingly had these people coming up from up north who are just like, Psh, let's change this. A big one would be Henry Flagler. Uh, so Henry Morrison Flagler was a millionaire industrialist. He was an oil magnate and is often considered one of the most important figures in Florida's history. He built the first statewide rail line all the way to Key West and helped make Florida the tourist destination it is today. However, when Flagler first came to Florida in 1878, he hated it. He claimed St. Augustine was a, this is his quote, was a pest hole full of sick people. And then left immediately. What's a pest hole? <laughs> well, I mean, to be fair, we did just kind of go through, like, yellow fever. Yeah. So, fair it enough. wasn't 100% wrong. Uh, years later, he did return uh, to build a massive luxury hotel, Hotel Alcazar, which was never completed, and eventually became the Leitner Museum, right across from Flagler College, which used to be the Ponce de Leon Hotel. Ultimately, Flagler didn't really make any money off of developing Florida, but later claimed he was giving back to the community. Well, one thing he did accomplish was he helped set up an environment which allowed these large companies to come in and build these tourist destinations. You know, like the city of Orlando, no one would even know what that place was were it not for Disney World and Universal Studios deciding to kind of set up shop there. Um, in addition to some other hilarious tourist attractions, if you've never been down there. And it's unintentionally hilarious, but hilarious nonetheless. And, and Disney, I mean, the impact Disney has had on the state, I don't think can be overstated. Financially, culturally, um, traffic-wise. <laughs> and and one thing that they've done that I don't think nearly enough people are aware of, and I, I feel like it, it's super weird and needs attention brought to it, is there's a town in Florida called celebration you ever see that movie pleasantville yeah that's yeah. that yeah so basically um when walt disney came to florida first off he didn't want to start advertising the fact that he was going to be trying to buy up a whole bunch of land uh so he was actually um trying to do everything incognito and he created a whole bunch of shell companies and originally he started looking in the northeast part of Florida, otherwise known as Jacksonville, St. Augustine. But dun, 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 it was a complete fail. Instead, um, he decided to locate near Kissimmee, which is right by Orlando, and basically incorporate it as its own town. By doing this, it's kind of like you get away a couple of resources and you dam up a couple of others. So it's kind of like, at what point does reality stay reality and transforms into fantasy? But I would say that that's actually pretty typical for a lot of Florida. <laughs> yeah. All right. So like speaking of fantasies, um, this sounds like it is imaginary. It reminds this, me of an Onion article. Yeah, or like, remember the first time you heard about that uh, the mayor up in Toronto who's like, yeah, smoke crack. Totally <laughs> smoke crack. And you're like, that can't be real, right? <laughs> anyway, listen to my edicts on government. And you're like, come on. So, so the first time you hear about America. this, Mayor William Cottrell, that's kind of the, the feeling that you get where it's like, that. that's, come on, man. But all right, so let me set the stage a little bit. It's back uh, 1890. Uh, we're at Cedar Key, and President Benjamin Harrison sends the U.S. Navy in to depose Mayor William Cottrell 
for a number of drunken revelries and violent incidents as mayor. So the president sends the military... Go get that mayor out of there. <laughs> this is this like, guy is a train wreck. <laughs> this is martial law. This yeah, all right. So some of the things that he's been uh, reported for his quote-unquote drunken revelries and violent incidents. I'm going to lie. He was accused of pulling a gun on a lighthouse keeper for not responding to his insults. Mm. <laughs> so you picture he's like drunkenly saying, hey, like, keepy. Hey, keepy, you're a d- or whatever, and the guy's just like, oh, mayor. Well, I mean, like, the number one thing in the South is, you know, you never insult a man's honor. Yeah, but I mean, <laughs> this guy just, I, I'm not going to respond to these insults from the mayor. <laughs> <laughs> and in retaliation, the mayor's like, hey, your life doesn't suck enough. I'm going to pull a gun on you. He was also accused many times of roughing up and scaring off tourists. Uh, so, you know, maybe Flagler would have liked him. Uh, <laughs> he, I, no lie was known as someone who slapped babies. <laughs> Most mayors go around kissing babies. This guy kissed him with his fist. <laughs> this dude, the worst mayor since the Penguin and Batman Returns. <laughs> he was also, and this is maybe my favorite other than the fact that he slapped babies. <laughs> is he also would for, he would force random people in the street to headbutt one another. Uh, which, I mean, come, I imagine at gunpoint. So when the anyway, the president sends the navy down to get rid of this scum hole. He evades capture and just flees. So that there's no mayor. What happened? Oh, the navy came to depose him and he was like, peace. He's not really heard of much until he's killed, of course, in a shootout with a sheriff in Alabama. Which is maybe the most southern thing I've ever said. So can we say that like the antidote to Florida man would be Alabama man? All right, so we talked about a rich guy who didn't like the state and failed to develop it. We talked about a rich company that came in and kind of took over the state and changed the state. We talked about a rich mayor who bullied the state and then fled the state. And uh, now we're going to talk about a bunch of rich politicians and their cronies who tried to physically alter the state. Uh, We're going to talk about the cross-state canal. In 1935, FDR, President Franklin Delano Roosevelt, allocated $5 million, which in 1935 is a lot of money. In 2018 money, that's like probably $500 million. And this was uh, this was supposed to go from the Atlantic Ocean to the Gulf of Mexico. And go figure, they almost immediately ran into serious environmental concerns. <laughs> Who'd have thunk no, it? No, really. You're trying to like cut the state in half. <laughs> Who'd have guessed? I mean, like, you, you know that famous cartoon of Bugs Bunny going, they actually try to do that. The saw, like the yes. magic, yeah, the, the magician <laughs> trick with the the assistant gets in the box. Yeah, yeah. That's what they tried to do to the state. They wanted to basically cut a path yeah. through the middle of the state big enough to put these giant shipping lanes in. Yep. Essentially would have made the south half of the state an island. And you're talking like miles of swampland. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like crocodile it took infested. Them, it took them forever to build a highway system yeah. through that True. stuff. And that's just an infinitely smaller job mm-hmm. than digging a canal through that stuff. I mean, you can just put some posts in and build a hardtop <laughs> over it. And you're like, nobody ever has to step foot in there ever. Oh. But you want to build those shipping lanes, you got to go in there and like dig up. Like, all right, hey, you day laborers, get up to your neck and muck full of alligators and snakes and take a shovel. So, like, you have to think, it has to be pretty bad when the person who steps in with common sense about all of this was 
Richard Nixon. He halts the project after it's only 28% completed in 1971. 1971. To be fair, President Nixon probably wanted to take the money from that and put it towards many one of his numerous illegal activities. <laughs> <laughs> or furthering his legal war in Cambodia and Laos, hmm. or rigging elections, or lying to the public about the war, or lying to his allies about the war, or lying on stand, or you know, cut me off. But in this one case, <laughs> he did the right we can thing. Give him credit. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. For real. Did the right thing so, for the wrong reasons, probably, but he did do the right thing. Here's the really crazy thing, though: it wasn't actually canceled officially until 1991. After $74 million were spent on the project. <sighs> Jesus. And this is why we can't have nice things. This is why we can't <laughs> house people. This is why we can't have free healthcare. <laughs> we can just keep going. <laughs> so one thing when I'm trying to explain the state of Florida to people who don't live in the state of Florida is that, did you know, when you cross into the Florida line from Georgia... You see all those palm trees, and, you know, they're just so beautiful, but they're not actually our native palm trees. What they do is they go all the way down to Miami, they dig them up, and then they ship them up north and replant them. What would be more accurate if instead of doing all these palm trees is if we actually just took a whole bunch of Spanish moss and Mm. just kind of like fluffed it up and stapled it to the signs, because that would be more accurate (laughs) As to our actual natural environment. But I will say there is one thing about using Spanish moss that you have to be careful about. It's very flammable. From what, if for people who don't know what Spanish moss is, if you ever see, if you're not from Florida, if you are, you know what it is. But if you're not from Florida, if you ever see a movie set in like the old South, like the example I like to use is Forrest Gump. Remember at Forrest Gump's house, the big trees they had, and there was all that gray stringy stuff hanging from the trees? Mm-hmm. That's Spanish moss. And it's everywhere, and it's uh, it's like this. It's like a fungus, I guess, or an mm-hmm. algae. It's it's a fungus, but it's like it looks like nature's silly string, and it is like you know, like I mentioned, it's very flammable. In fact, it's somewhat responsible, at least indirectly, for the largest fire in the history of Florida, and in fact, the third largest fire in the history of the United States, right behind Chicago and San Francisco. Uh, this was a fire that destroyed most of the city. Uh, this is almost unheard of. Uh, 2,368 structures were destroyed. So it all started at the Cleveland Fiber Factory, where a few sparks from a nearby chimney blew into some dried-out Spanish moss while the workers were at lunch. Within minutes, the entire factory was set ablaze and quickly spread to the nearby buildings. In just eight hours, 146 city blocks were destroyed, leaving 10,000 people homeless. Luckily, only seven people were lost. So, like, the most infuriating part of this whole thing, despite the fact that most of the city burned down, thousands of people lost their homes, few people lost their lives, sadly, the fire department, rather than doing their best to put out as much of these fires as they could and save the most real estate they possibly could, which is supposed to be what they're there for, yeah. um, keep in mind this is 1901, it's a volunteer fire department, and they probably all work for the rich people in town. But uh, rather than trying to save the, an entire neighborhood, of lower, a lower-class neighborhood, primarily African-American neighborhood, the whole fire department basically prioritized this one rich guy's property. So this one dude's like, oh, my China, or whatever. And you've got like, the whole fire department trying to put out this dude's house. Meanwhile, the city's burning. And you know he's like, oh, my money. 
What can you say? Up. Priorities. Yeah, I mean that's that's a very Florida thing too. You know, every every state, I'm sure, in every country, in every city, there's some levels of corruption in the government. It's kind of something Florida's famous for, along with maybe like California, Louisiana, and a few others. We've had some insanely corrupt politicians um, and a lot of special interest groups and developers and oil companies have a lot to do with the policies set in this state. And a state that has arguably one of the best natural environments, and you know, with the beach and the Everglades and all the springs and swamps and all this stuff, we have forests. We've got a huge variety of nature and wildlife and everything like that. Uh, but we're probably one of the worst states when it comes to preserving what yeah. we have. Mm-hmm. But that's one of those things we talked about in Florida. There's some ups and some downs. You know, the ups, you get to go to the beach pretty much whenever you want if you live in certain parts of it. The downs, everything else. Well, so I have to ask you, with this idea of trying to preserve the environment, um, one of the reasons why the environmental movement in America um, actually got traction was because people, believe it or not, were going down to the Everglades, killing a whole bunch of birds, just to stick the feathers in their hats. Yeah, that doesn't surprise oh, me. Look at our track record down here. It's not the most, you know, we've got SeaWorld and dozens of places like that all over the yeah. state. And then you also have to think about the flip side of that, because um, the economic reality was that for many people, particularly the Seminole, um, who, you know, they, they knew this land, they were close to this land, but one of the few avenues that was open to them was doing these touristy gimmicky things uh-huh. like wrestling the alligators. Uh-huh. Dressing up in the headdresses and the face paint and stare, looking like a Hollywood Native American rather, or like Indian in that case, rather than what they would actually wear, which would be like maybe deerskin pants and a shirt, like a denim t-shirt. But yeah, you do have a lot of that kind of like weird people like lean super hard into like the stereotype of the culture. So you do have like the, you know, the guy with like three fingers, it's the gator farmer. And you do have like the snake. There's a place on the way to Lake City that I've seen. I don't know if it's still there. Forgive me. I can't remember the exact title, but it's something along, along the lines of like Earl's Snake Palace. And I was with my buddy Jason. I don't know if you remember Jason's life, but I was with my buddy Jason. He was like, well, we have to stop there. It was literally like a guy just had a bunch of aquariums with like screen tops with crazy venomous snakes, like really, really dangerous animals. And he's got like a little screen layer, like just resting on top of the cage. And this dude had clearly been bitten by a lot of snakes over the years. What? Yeah. What? Yeah. He was missing what? fingers. He was missing like chunks out of his arm from poison. And you're like, what? 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 <laughs> and he's like, you want me to? He telling him something about. Yeah, that, and know? he he's like, all right, I'm gonna grab this snake and show it to you guys. You know, don't be afraid. It's not gonna. And he wouldn't use like the really heavy duty gloves they would use at like a zoo so or something. So he wouldn't like even use like the special like tongs. No, he didn't yeah, even have tongs. Oh, bare handed. Oh. He would flip the top off, and it's, he wouldn't even do it like slowly and calmly. He would just walk over, flip the top off, and the snakes are immediately agitated. Like, whoa, what's going on? And he would just snack them up. And the thing is, like, dude's like, yeah, it's no problem. This here's a cobra. No problem at all. And this snake is like, I will murder you. And he's like, oh, give it a kiss. He's like the redneck and, uh, crocodile hunter. Yes. Yeah. Not as good because he's clearly been torn a bunch of times. <laughs> um, but there's there's a lot of weird <laughs> in this place, yeah. man. Like All kinds of nope there. And the more you get into like the smaller parts of the state, away from the cities, you run into these really weird <laughs> small towns. Like there's this little place in Florida called Paris. I highly recommend just driving through. You'll lock your doors, but just drive through it. <laughs> so I 
have to ask you, with the care and concern with animals, um, if you were walking down the beach on, like, Fort Lauderdale, and all of a sudden you saw, like, this tire just, like, coming up on the shore, <laughs> um, what would what would be, like, your initial assumption about the tire? All right, well, if I'm in Fort Lauderdale, I would think, of course. Uh, <laughs> but, no, I mean... Anywhere else you would think there had to have been some kind of accident or like maybe this fell out of an airplane or something like that or fell off of a boat, but not so much in Florida. In Florida, you'd probably just be like, oh, there's probably a lot more of this coming. Uh, <laughs> so especially like you mentioned in Fort Lauderdale, uh, because I assume you were leading over to the fact that at one point, um, I don't know exactly who did it. I'm going to blame it on the good folks in Fort Lauderdale because <laughs> it, it, they deserve blame for a lot of other stuff that maybe they're not getting blamed for. So this will cover some of it. These vets tried to make an artificial reef, all right, like a coral reef system, out of tires, <laughs> processed rubber, and tar. Let's put this in the environment, shall we? Let me just burn it first. I, I mean, it's such a terrible idea. I understand that the uh, I really do like that some some places are doing where they're making artificial reefs out mm-hmm. of more natural things. Now, getting a bunch of tires and throwing them in the water and going bon appetit—that's yeah. totally different. Yeah, and that yeah. seems to be more along the lines of what happened on there in Fort Lauderdale. I'm one of those people who is not quite comfortable with saying that I'm a Floridian, even though I've lived here most of my life. If you ask me, so what's your home state? I will try to uh, go back to where I was born. And I'll say Honolulu, Hawaii. I'd claim that too. <laughs> Um, because sometimes it's just, I don't know, like, it just doesn't feel like you're really a Floridian. But the one thing that I think all Floridians can get a kick out of is if you're taking a little trip south down I-4, you'll see this thing that is just, it's very tall and very, very strange. Okay, so I-4 cuts across the state. It's, if you're going from northeast Florida to, say, Orlando, take 95 south over to I-4. And there's this famous landmark out there that's kind of colloquially called the I-4 eyesore. Um, and it's basically, it's down in Seminole County, and it's this building that, despite being under construction for 16 years, has never been completed. And it really does stand out. Like, I mean, if you've ever been in that stretch of I-4, you know exactly what it looks like. It hasn't changed in at least two years. It looks exactly the same as it did then. So we actually have a Turner family tradition where if we're going to Orlando, we like to play the I-4 eyesore game. And the game goes like this. You think of a list of the things that that building is secretly hiding. (laughs) So our challenge to... That's amazing. Our challenge to our listeners especially if you're from the state of Florida, is, is to good. play this I-4 eyesore game. And let us know, what do you think they're secretly hiding in there? What do you guys think is in there? The Ark of the Covenant. The Ark of the Covenant. Oh. <laughs> so we've always assumed that it's like some kind of government secret agency. Like some, something like that's like Like really the DEO good. or the BPRD. Or like, or like, like Men in Black. I'm going to say it's like, oh, like, like Men in Black. I'm going to say Corey Feldman's career in there. <laughs> oh! <laughs> Oh, shots fired. That's my actual answer. (laughs) Shout out to Corey. (laughs) If you hear this, please tell us what you think the I4 Eyesore game answer is. Every episode, we like to go to our friends at Reddit and ask for their suggestions on some of the fails that they would like people to talk about or like brought to attention. So for this episode, our suggestion comes from Main Street Mark. And Mark writes, 
In the 1500s, the French had a settlement in Jacksonville named Fort Caroline. The Spanish had a settlement in St. Augustine named St. Augustine. They didn't like each other too much. So one day the French decided to attack the Spanish by sea. So the Spanish decided to attack the French by land. By the time the Spanish got to Fort Caroline, there were hardly any soldiers left. So the Spanish killed them all and took the fort easily and headed home. When they got home, they discovered the French fleet had been smashed by a terrible storm and washed ashore. So the Spanish killed them all too. Well, the Catholics were spared, I guess. Uh, they killed so many that it was said that the bay, then called the Bay of Dancing Dolphins, ran red with blood. It was renamed to Matanzas Bay, or Massacre Bay. It was not a great day for the French. So our thanks go out to Main Street Mark, and uh, keep the suggestions coming. We really appreciate it, and thanks very much. Back in 1928, there was a Sugarloaf Keybat Tower that um, was supposed to be built to help get uh, bats to eat mosquitoes. Yeah, and mosquitoes. We've got some <laughs> dinosaur-sized mosquitoes here. Um, so yeah, it's really funny. They built this tower with the idea that it would draw bats to it and be like a nesting area for bats. And Because bats do eat mosquitoes quite yeah. a lot. And we do have a lot of bats here, yeah. especially near the beaches areas. Oh, if, yeah. if you go outside anywhere near dusk, you'll see them everywhere, just snatching up dragonflies and mosquitoes and stuff. On the surface, it's really not a terrible idea. But they built the tower, and then they tried to put the bats in it, and they flew away. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Because, see, bats, all, bats are, they're, like, everything is driven by instinct and echolocation. So, and they're very much attuned to, like, where they are. Mm-hmm. Um, and they like to be in certain areas. So, you can't just put them in a place and be like, this is where they live, because a lot of it has to do with, like, sound frequencies and you know radio waves and all the stuff that you and i don't even recognize but the bats like it messes with their sonar they don't want to live in that area they kind of go okay we don't like this noise let's get over here yeah. and uh yeah so they, they built this tower which probably cost 50 times what it should have <laughs> bringing all these bats which probably cost 50 times what it should have set it up and we're telling everybody hey this is going to solve the mosquito problem at least in that region <laughs> and then the bats were like nah we'll see you later and just flew off so they just had this power sitting there for like a hundred years almost. Yeah, it was uh, eventually taken out by Hurricane Irma in 2017. Yeah, so 90 years of literally not serving a purpose. <laughs> so it's I like have, a senator. So I have to say, it's like um, this pattern keeps on happening with uh, Florida. Um, believe it or not, one of the other things that they tried to do to our oceans um, was Jacksonville had been considered as a location to test floating nuclear power plants <laughs> that's such an asinine idea i just think about it those words don't go together floating nuclear power plants i can't Im- what are they floating on <laughs> how are you gonna like i mean is it gonna be the same as a boat that's going out the float. so if we get a hurricane and it's florida so we will <laughs> how what do you do we're gonna anchor it like what do you do with the floating nuclear power plant and if a power plant tips over yeah. I'm just, thinking it's probably not going to be good for anybody. It's, I mean, it's a horrible idea. I mean, if you consider... <laughs> <laughs> it's a horrible, horrible idea. I mean, if you I, consider what's going on with Fukushima, that was flooded, but it wasn't even in the water. Yeah. Like, yeah. like can you that imagine how much worse it would be if it was already oh, in the water no. when it got hit? Well, not only that, but you're probably at some point going to leak radioactivity into the water. And we've all seen Deep Blue Sea. <laughs> And you want zombies? It, this, is it, it, zombies. this is how you get zombie sharks. Um, I mean, and, and at least, I mean, at least they didn't. Six spoilers. Yeah. 
They didn't spend a lot of money on that, though, right? That didn't get past like the planning stage. Oh. So. 125 million. Get the 125 million were spent before they realized it was a terrible on idea. what? <laughs> they were probably building Lunches it before someone was to like talk about their cool idea. Oh, <laughs> I guess their 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 volcano fortress wasn't ready in time. <laughs> what the hell? But they, here's the thing, though. <laughs> Jacksonville has is in particular. Miami is like the home of you know. Hashtag Florida man. Uh, but Jacksonville is the, as far as I, I know at least, kind of the leader in the clubhouse as far as ideas by the leadership or by leadership allowing small vocal segments to kind of sway opinion. Right. And a great example of that is about, uh, I would say about a hundred years ago, maybe like the early twenties, late teens. Yeah. Uh, Jacksonville was going to be Hollywood before Hollywood. Mm-hmm. The movie studios wanted to set up shop here. This was during the, um, the age of the silent film. This is like pre-Great Depression. Yeah. Um, and guess what? In the Great Depression, the only places that made money really were escapisms, were mm-hmm. theater and movies and stuff like that, mm-hmm. sports. So, you know, it would have come in handy 10 years down the line. But what happened was, listen, we're, we're square in the middle of the Bible belt down here. <laughs> I mean, we're really the end of it, but... But dude, you had like Tarzan flying around in Green Coast Springs. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> yeah. it's really cool actually. Like a lot of that stuff, and they do now. They've kind of started to come back. We've seen some movies getting. It's well, not super uncommon to see like John Travolta, or Sam Jackson, in but, Jacksonville, and. But the but the other feature that I have to ask you about though is so uh, imagine the you know the actor playing Tarzan. He's just kind of like flying out there, wearing not yeah. quite <laughs> much. So. I imagine that because we're also in the Bible Belt, if you had people seeing him kind of floating around in the trees mm. with not much on, <laughs> it would bring us some concerns. Yeah, and that's what happened, really. They These people came out and they thumped their Bibles super loud so people could hear them. <laughs> and, uh, you know, they, they, they screamed and hollered and pulled their hair out and, you know, think of the children, which they always do. Yeah. And they wrung their hands hard enough that the leadership in the city was like, okay fine Mm -hmm. we'll just struggle for a hundred years yeah uh and the movie people went out west to california yeah an interesting note about the movie industry today is that a lot of films are actually being filmed in georgia now because of all the tax breaks well atlanta has built a giant uh entertainment headquarters there you know famous shows like the walking dead a couple marvel uh, a lot a lot of the marvel stuff is filmed there um the uh, 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 Family Feud is filmed in Atlanta, mm-hmm. which I have this weird obsession with. I can't stop watching Steve Harvey react yeah. to people like, what the hell did you just? Yeah, it's just weird. Like the you see, in Vancouver has also built a very yeah. large like film based New York, of course. For sure. And then there's Jacksonville, which you know, like I mentioned briefly, kind of occasionally we'll get these yeah. bigger budget Hollywood. Movies. I wouldn't even say bigger budget, mid mid range, sure. twenty million dollar movies or whatever, and it's cool to see them. So I have to say, though, one thing that we were able to bring back was all the drama and all the cameras during the 2000 election. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. No, you're absolutely right. Who needs a movie when you've got the world stage for eight years? Um, <laughs> hanging chads and Catherine Brown oh, and, uh, you know, just judges that had all been appointed by. Yeah, well, that's the thing. Look, here's the thing is. Um, it was a simpler time. On behalf of Florida, I'm sorry for, for 2000 to 2008. 
for our culpability in what happened in that area. You can agree or disagree with the politics of the people involved, and I'm not trying to say that you're wrong or right for believing what you believe. Um, but Florida, regardless of the outcome of the election, absolutely made us look like a bunch of morons. Mm. Like we didn't know how to count. <laughs> or, or people were confused by a ballot, One. which is like you color in the One. thing next to the, the thing you want. And they're like, I was confused by the things. And for a good, I mean, how long the recount was, didn't take that long. It felt like it took forever. It though. felt like it took forever because the that, whole world was you. like, ha ha, Florida, so you, tell you like, As somebody who, um, you know, my parents are Florida voters, still are. Um, as somebody who was living outside of the state at the time, because I was living in Minnesota, it felt like forever. Yeah. Like, come on, just make a choice. It felt like forever down here, too, because, yeah. you know, the whole world was looking at us and going, oh, my God, what are you doing? And all yeah. of us as citizens are going, what are you doing? Yeah. And then they were like, we don't know. And then uh, just, we're just going to take a stab. We're just going to quit counting and just him. And, uh, Pretty much. yeah, and, and really ever since, I mean, I feel like kind of before that it was, I don't want to say passe, but it was, it was a little like, um, low hanging fruit to pick on Florida a little bit. Like, oh, it's a bunch of rednecks at the beach. It's hilarious. Look at them. They don't know what they're doing down there. And to see that like kind of fully realized on a national stage was really embarrassing to kind of show like, Hey, all those jokes you've been making are a hundred percent right. We don't know what the hell we're doing. (laughs) And now that we're on the stage and we're out here and we don't know how the microphone works and we don't know the words of the song and we're just going to wing it. And, uh, you know, it, it, I I think I lost the metaphor there, but (laughs) It's. I guess what I'm just trying to say it was it was as somebody who's lived in Florida most of my life, it's pretty embarrassing. Yeah, it was pretty embarrassing. But I have to say, like sometimes you have to have those embarrassing moments, those epic fails of history, showing everybody how to do things wrong, so that way others can learn from your mistakes. Florida, we hope we're America's loss leader. We're like we'll do it wrong first, and then you guys do it right after us. So with that being said. Please learn from our mistakes. So the plug that I'd like to give a shout out to is the Fort Mose Historical Society. Uh, so believe it or not, one of the um, things that we are actually trying to do is we're trying to build a recreation of the fort. And if you visit www.fortmose.org, uh, you'll see more details about the project that we're trying to finish. Go check it out. It's It sounds really cool, and it's something that deserves people's support. Um, we appreciate all you do for the community, too. Yeah, it's really cool. I mean, we don't get to talk to a lot of people that actually do something positive for their community. <laughs> oh, so yeah. it is very cool. It is very cool. To actually see somebody put their money where their mouth is is, 
a little humbling to be honest with you since well, I'm like not it's a, doing that. It's, but... a, it's a little bit different though when the money that you're putting in your mouth is your student loans. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's this pretend money that I will have to pay back at some point. Um, Jasmine, thank you so much for, for joining us. You're great. Really appreciate it. Yeah, definitely. Um, just real quick for me, uh, you can check out my blog at comiczombie.net and the other podcast, Erica, or, yeah, sorry, it's my wife. <laughs> the other podcast that Eric and I do at comiczombie.podbean, P-O-D-B-E-A-N.com. And, uh, I just want to point out that this podcast is now available on Stitcher Radio, SoundCloud, YouTube, and iTunes. So please rate and review us. Give us all five stars if you can. Uh, we really appreciate it. And of course, this episode was brought to you by the state of Florida and viewers like you. <laughs> I also want to give out a couple of quick Reddit shout outs to Great Things Tampa Bay, 3D Internet, and Main Street Mark for suggestions. Uh, so I have to say that sometimes it's really truly epic when you're looking at a book's um, dedication page and you realize those are all my friends. Uh, so I have to say that it's been really amazing to see um, Eric Slater and Ben Thompson um, having this book go from an idea to being written and then being published and to actually hold my friend's books in my hands and see oh my gosh you're on amazon.com has been really cool well thank you so much our next episode is with my co-author ben thompson catch you next time thank you for listening to epic fails of history be sure to subscribe you can follow me on twitter and check out the blog that started it all at epicfails.com and once again that's epic with a K. Feel free to drop me a line through Twitter or email me at ericslater at gmail.com. Eric with a K. And let me know what you think of the show. If you're a fan of the podcast and want to see it continue, you can help me out by going to patreon.com slash epic fails with a K. Even a dollar a month goes a long way. Thank you. Are you not entertained? Are you not entertained? Is this not why you are here?